we're meant to be lifelong learners. If we approach life like that, we can just continue to achieve goals, building success upon success. We can plateau, we can underrate ourselves, but it's never meant to be like that. Life is meant to develop. Our capacity is meant to increase. Life's like that. Stay on it. We're here with Brian Heath from edgemotivationalacademy.com. And Brian Heath is a successful community leader, and he has experience in sales and management, the finance industry, the banking sector. He's a pastor. He's a coach. He's all about personal development. And we're going to be finding out today some of Brian's leadership coaching secrets, some of his leadership challenging secrets, things to know about culture, and so much more. So Brian, super glad to be speaking with you. Yeah, you too, Robert. Good to be here. Great to have you. And so what is your current passion and focus? What has you just jazzed up, energized, excited to get out of bed in the morning? I think my my world has always been working with other people. I've, I'm a people-oriented uh, person, and uh, that's been my thing. I, I think all the way along, I've had a high degree of personal motivation been involved in sport and marathon running back in the day when I was young. I'm not so young now. But yeah, my my working life has involved leading and developing other people. So that really is the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. Today, I'll be working with people. I'll be developing people. I'll be hoping helping people work through issues to become a, a better husband, a better wife, and a better version of themselves. That is a noble goal. And I think that sometimes it's tempting to say, oh, I, I'm a rebel. I'm a lone wolf. I don't need anybody. But that can be very lonely in the long term. So what can we learn from you? Or do you come across those people that they're antisocial or they think they don't play well with others? Like, how do we become more of this people person? How do we become a better member of a team? Yeah, I, I think obviously team is the way to go. It's been just an interesting journey for me because I started out in the banking world and I ended up sales management, team development, that sort of thing. And that was my job. But I think all the way through, I've been one of those people that I can honestly say that I love what I do. And just working out strategies to help people move forward. I think, I think a lot of people are stuck in, in their job, in their management role, in their workplace. And if you just keep working on yourself, I think that's the biggest thing. If you work on yourself, you'll get there in the end. I love that. And I think that sometimes I work on myself. I'm thinking about what are the negative thoughts that I'm thinking? What are the things that I'm seeing that I don't like? What kind of person do I wish I was? And so when you say that you have these strategies to get unstuck, what does that look like? How does it begin? Is it a matter of just seeing what keywords someone says, talking about their problems? What's the first step to the strategy to get unstuck? Yeah, I think I think the first thing that it's obviously the most important thing in life, I think, is clarifying your vision and setting your goals, knowing where you want to go. Uh but to be able to clearly identify any obstacles or barriers or limitations is really important. And I think that's a big thing because once you've identified, once you've had your reality check and you've faced up to the reality of why you're not getting where you need to go, you're really halfway there. 
so identifying barriers and developing strategies to move through those is the way to go. And in my, my life, I've worked with business people. I've worked with people in the political field. I've worked with mums and dads that are battling with their budget. I've worked with marriages that have come unstuck. And, and I believe that you can, it doesn't matter where you're at now, if you uh, really want to move forward to a better space, if you can clearly set your goals and have an honest look at what your barriers and limitations are, you can overcome those. I love so, it. Uh, so we are all a we are all a work in progress, I guess is the way to put it. I've been working as a, a pastor, a church leader for 30 years. And a lot of my work is just working one-on-one -on -one with people helping them to identify their goals. And often when you identify people's goals and you really get them to look at what their vision is, you will very quickly come up with the one or two, three reasons why they are not able to move forward to that at this point in time. And I think you just got to work through those. Fantastic. And so what sort of goals are people sharing with you? Are they all over the place? Are there commonalities? Are they, is it like a few bullet points? Is it super long? What do goals look like as far as the size? Yeah, I think goals for each individual are different. Like I, I've worked with a lot of people who are in business. And for instance, one that I'm working with now is an exceptionally clever businessman. But the team development around him is, is the little between him taking his organization to the next level. So I think very when you're talking to people, it'll come up what their barriers are. One of the other young ladies that I work with, she's an Australian Taekwondo champion and, and an exceptional, she's been through her time where she's, she's won her championship, she's held her title, but now her and her husband are building a business that it has the same spirit and attitude that she carried into that title fight a couple of years ago. Culture is a really big thing. Mentality is a really big thing. Uh, so there's, there's so much to developing a winning culture, but deciding what you want is the starting point. I love it. Decide what you want. Look at the obstacles that are preventing you from getting there. And then it seems like a, a big thing in your thought process is also look at your past successes and see what you can transfer as far as the, the confidence and the belief. If you, you have something that you haven't done before, that can be unknown and scary. But if you can say, look, you've accomplished the, these gymnastics or this Taekwondo awards. Yeah. And if you were able to accomplish that, then building this business should be maybe not easy, but should be doable just because you've shown that you can put in the effort, you can uh, put in the perseverance. And so uh, it seems like you're saying that a lot of it is like this mental game. And then also we're mentioning this term called culture. And so that can mean a lot of different things to people. So if someone asks you, what is culture exactly? What does it mean to you? What's the answer? Yeah, I think I think culture is a whole lot of things. It's it's of course it's your purpose. It it is why you exist as a as a business or an organization. It's the values that you carry. It's it's what's important. It's the skills you want to transfer. It's almost like the spirit of the organization. And I think as a leader, one of the things that that I discovered along the way, I, I started out as a 
motivational type of leader. But as I've gone through my own development, learning to develop other people on your team has such a powerful effect on culture. And when the culture is right, you don't have to worry too much about success. You will succeed because the dynamics are in the organization to make that happen. And I think this is literally, these principles apply at literally every area, level of life, whether you are, whether it's a family, if the culture is right and healthy, then that, that culture, that family is going to thrive. If it's a school, the leadership of the organization have got a big job and a responsibility to create a healthy culture. And I think, I think this can be done and needs to be done. And when you do it, it's, it's really rewarding. I agree completely that it's important to figure out those values, to get those things written down, get those agreed upon, and then apply them in these areas. And I especially like what you said about training your team. And so that way it doesn't all just depend on you. You can have others give others the, the freedom and the responsibility and the agency to help out. And so that way you yourself do not become the bottleneck. And so you mentioned in there a little bit that your own sort of leadership style and what you're all about has evolved. So can you tell us about your just your, your journey and your transformation, just what you've been through and maybe like the failures and what you've become as a person over these years? Yeah, I think one of the great ways you learn is by failure, Robert. And having been involved in leadership for many years, I've had my leadership fails. I think I would regard my significant leadership experience as being leading a community of faith where you're responsible for people. And I am naturally an other-centered person. I love working with people. But as time has gone by, my focus has moved from motivation to building a team. And I think this is such a key thing, to be able to be a people builder. And being a people builder is really working with people and providing them with the building blocks to build a great life. And that's my philosophy. I've done some things like write recovery programs, which are really helping people to set goals, to overcome barriers, to engage in a process that is going to take them forward to achieve the goals that they want. So that's my, my philosophy of leadership. I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of very strong leaders around me that have achieved in different realms because I've been able to apply that philosophy or help them apply that philosophy to their lives. And do you have any sort of story along those lines, like as far as training these leaders? Have there been any difficulties? Has there been communication problems? Has there been self-sabotage? What have the struggles been about as far as training these leaders? All of the above. I think, I think if you look at your personal life and personal development, it's a bit of a, a bit like a construction site, isn't it? And you know, we're trying to, we're trying to build something and end up with this beautiful building at the end of it, but there are all sorts of problems along the way. And that, that is life. There are relationship challenges. There are uh, expectation differences. There are financial challenges and every other challenge, but challenges are great. That's what makes us stronger. And sometimes the bigger the challenges, the better the outcomes can be. I've worked with in job services, helping prepare people for, for the workforce and that sort of things. And often 
people that have uh, had difficulty with finding the right work, it's happened because they haven't been prepared for the workforce. So to be able to work with those people, help identify what the limitations are, and then strategically draw the right skills into their life can be done. Fantastic. And and so you're saying that there are there everyone has challenges, right? There, there's no one out there who is challenge free. And it we should be loving our challenges and rising yeah. to the occasion and be excited about those because the, the bigger the challenges, the greater the rewards. And many times it can be perhaps a, a matter of needing that perspective, needing so, an outside person like yourself to say, okay, you've been hitting this brick wall and you've been trying so hard, but really you need to, to up, update your resume or get this kind of training or just add another little ingredient to the mix to break through or try a different marriage technique or, or go to counseling. Like many times yeah. it could be that if someone is frustrated, they've just been trying one single technique and you're saying, consider the alternatives, be more creative. Yeah, absolutely. One, one of the things I'd like to raise in the podcast is really working with people. So many people are um, unhappy in their workplace. And I, I believe this has got a lot to do with what we started out talking about leadership and about culture. It is a chronic problem. And a lot of the surveys that have been taken globally, they, they reflect a, uh, a dissatisfaction with the standard of leadership in the workplace. And I think this is a reality. Often people have the job of leadership but have not done a great deal to up, upgrade their own leadership. So for me as a leader, I think something that I've continually done almost by accident, but it's had a great result, is spend time each day listening to something, reading something that's going to help me upgrade my skills. But what I wanted to do, Robert, is just really talk about the importance of, as a leader, continually doing something to upgrade your own leadership. And my reason for that is the, the dissatisfaction that a lot of people have in the workplace. For instance, we've been through a phenomenon of the last couple of years called the great resignation. And the great resignation is really so many people are just not happy at work. They're not valued. They're not being well led. And they want to leave. For instance, at the moment, 40% of Australians would change their job if, if they had a better opportunity. So that's the state of things. And I just believe that when leaders work on themselves and upgrade their own leadership, that is something that we can change. I love that concept, to upgrade your leadership, to be thirsty for knowledge and to just read up and, and develop your skills and know what you should be working on, especially as far as listening and paying attention to the people on your team. And I imagine that a lot of this is centered around getting ahead of problems. If you have those, those people on the team that are unsatisfied or not challenged enough or not used enough, if you as a leader do your reading, stay up to date, stay in communication, ask these questions, yeah. listen, then maybe you can solve the, the problem before it becomes a problem because once some of those employees are ready to quit, it might be too late. Yes. We've, we've just been through an incident here where a uh, well-known of an airline 
resign and being paid $20 million a year, which is not a bad income, is it? No, not at uh, all. But when he resigned, the, the staff were doing high fives and throwing parties. Because a person has a position of CEO, leader, whatever, does not mean that they're necessarily, you know, having a positive impact on the people on their team. And I think one of the big things is that leaders need to value the people on their team. And that alone, Robert, is such a, I call it the care factor. As a leader, what's your, do the people on your team know that you really do value them, that you really do see the potential in them? These are simple things, but man, they make a big difference. I, I love that. Like the simple things of just know, having the gratitude and knowing what you appreciate about your team and telling them. And so as far as us upping our leadership game and, and you doing your constant learning and reading about leadership, does anything come to mind, aside from what we just talked about, have you acquired a recent just like thought nugget, nugget of wisdom about leadership that comes to mind that you feel like sharing? Yeah, I guess I, I was thinking this morning in just getting ready to talk to you. But I think having a good picture of leadership is yourself, of what you can be a leader is important. And I think having a mentor or a perhaps a leader that's gone before you that you aspire to be like, one of the men that, that uh, I really admired and affected me greatly on the way through was a man by the name of Peter Daniels. And I don't know whether you've heard of him, Robert, but Peter... Peter Daniels is, is an older Australian now, but at the age of 27, he was a you know, bricklayer who swore like a trooper. This is his words. And a third generation housing commission dropout is how he described himself. But at, at age 27, he had a bit of an epiphany that if you really discover your potential, anything can happen. At 27, Peter's life changed. He became one of Australia's wealthiest businessmen and uh, he ended up being a bullion banker and he's done quite well. He wrote a book called Miss Phillips, You Were Wrong. And it was the story about his teacher used to say to him when he was a 10-year-old boy, Peter Daniels, you'll never do any good. But she was wrong, wasn't she? So I think, I think this is amazing what can happen to a person when they discover their own potential. And I think all of us need people like that, that we can look to, that we can be inspired by. And who knows, we may be an inspiration like that to other people ourselves if, if, we, if we develop ourselves like that. Yes, it, it can be passed on. The, the inspiration factor is not just about you inspiring others, but there's also you must seek out the person to inspire you. So that way you can have that vision of the person that you will grow to be. And that is wonderful to think about that bright, optimistic future where you and I both, Brian, are even better and more self-aware and more actualized people than we even are now. And then along those lines, what is in store in the future for you? What has you excited about the coming months and years? Yeah, I'll just keep growing as my, look, when most people get to my age, they're keen to retire and, and live on the beach and that sort of thing. I'm, I just want to keep working with people. Uh, and that's because I, I love it. I want to keep developing as a leader myself. Uh, I want to keep coaching people and uh, celebrating their victories. 
So I'm not stopping. I'm just getting started, Robert. And who says you can't do both, right? You can go to the beach and, and have fun and then dust off the sand and go back and help some people as well. It doesn't have to be one or the other. That's good too. That's good too. But yeah, I love what I do. I love working with people and excuse me, I'll keep writing programs, keep working with people and keep having, having fun along the way. Fantastic. I love that. And so as we're approaching the final minutes of our conversation here, I want to make sure that we don't skip over anything important. So is there anything that you feel like squeezing in at the very end here, anything you feel like we left out or perhaps a profound and helpful number one lesson that you've acquired along the way? I think the, the big thing is that we're really meant to be lifelong learners. And I think that as we, if we approach life like that, then we can just continue to achieve goals and grow, building success upon success. I think the thing is that we can plateau, we can underrate ourselves, but it's never meant to be like that. I think our life is meant to develop and our capacity is meant to increase and life is just meant to, I believe life's like that. Yeah, stay on it. That's what I believe. Wonderful advice. And I agree that learning and your brain is a muscle. And if yeah. you give yourself excuses about why you can't or shouldn't learn, then the muscle will weaken. And that is not a place where you want to be. You want to be someone who's always curious, always learning, always figuring something else out. And we, we've all been through those adolescent teenage years way back in the past where we thought we knew everything. Turns out we didn't know anything and we've come a long way since then. So let's continue on that path and just be always learn lifelong learners, as you said, and looking to help others and working on ourselves and just doing all the these appropriate positive actions that we should be doing. And so we've been speaking with Brian Heath, a co-author with Pat Masidi in the book, Speak Up, Step Up, Stand Out. And the website is edgemotivationalacademy.com. So Brian, can you tell us what we'll find at that website as long, uh, along with any other contact details you want to share with us? Yeah, you can find, make contact with, with us there. And the, the program that we're promoting there is how to create a winning culture in your organization by developing your leadership skills. And it's, it's all about the key elements of what adds up to a winning culture. And wherever we're at, if we get the culture, we are greatly improving the possibility the possibilities of us achieving our objectives. So kind us there. Okay, so get that culture figured out, get the leadership figured out, and then that way yep. we can reach our objectives. And so how does somebody know if their organization is a good fit for this? Is it for any organization, anyone who's stuck and wants better leadership? How does someone know if edgemotivationalacademy.com is the place they should go? I think there's a broad reach for this, this particular program. If you're a leader, if you're a mum and dad, if you're a school principal, leader of an NGO or a, a small business, then this is, this is a great program to develop a team around you. And then as a great final message, as a great way to cap things off, that leadership has many different implementations. You don't have to just be a leader in business. You can be a leader with a family as well. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And Brian Heath from edgemotivationalacademy.com. Go there right now. And thank you very much, Brian, for sharing us some of these raw, vulnerable, authentic stories and lessons. I really appreciate you.
Yeah, thank you, Robert. Great to talk at this early hour of the morning.